you know what time it is. It's time for Grating the Nerd. With your hosts, Tim and Zach. Take it away, boys. <laughs> Welcome back to Grading the Nerd. This is the show where Zach and I check out all kinds of geek and pop culture things and talk about it. Zach hates the world. And I also hate the world, but I put on a brave face. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, man? Pretty good. How about you? I'm not doing too bad. It's good. Just, uh, I'm excited about what we're talking about this week. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, we just got to see it last night. So, um, Reminder for anybody who's made it this far, we are going to start out with a non-spoiler section and then we'll go to spoilers because this is brand new. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but anyway, so yeah, man, other than that, though, uh, just uh, I got my niece's wedding today. Oh, that's today. Yeah, oh. today she's getting hitched. Getting yeah. Hitched. yeah, we're recording on a different day, though, because I've got a Christmas with my in-laws tomorrow. So it's a busy oh. weekend. Yeah, so. Um, it was funny actually after we left the movie last night because because I'm such a planner. Um, I stopped to try to buy wedding clothes last night on the way home. <laughs> the wedding is today, and I was like, I've gotten fatter. I need new fancy clothes. Um, and they don't make fancy clothes. In, they don't keep them in stock for fat people because they just assume that fat people don't ever get off the couch. So that's what my wife said. We stopped at a place. Um. I don't, I don't know if I should throw the name out there. It rhymes with Coles. And, uh, <laughs> and so it rhymes with Coles, C-O-A-L-S. So I didn't say it. Uh, but, um, but anyway, we went and she's like, why is everything that's for like big and tall guys, like, like wind pants and sweatshirts? And I'm like, because they think that none of us are mobile. Like, they're just like, I've seen Scott Steiner. He <laughs> just confined to a wheelchair, <laughs> addicted to barbiturates. <laughs> like, but yeah, so it was crazy because we looked and like, I mean, legitimately like the biggest suit jacket that they had in the store in stock was like t- two sizes too small for me. Jeez. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. And so then literally we're kind of like, I've I'd kind of given up on getting a suit, right? I found pa- suit pants that fit, but just not a jacket that fit, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and literally we were just about to leave and I, we were just trying to decide which color pants I wanted. And my wife happened to look on the clearance rack that they had there. And it's mostly things that people had bought online and then just returned to the store, right? Right. And legitimately, because part of the thing is too, not only am I a big guy, I have big monkey arms. So like, even if I find a suit coat that fits most of the time, if it's regular length cut, like it doesn't, like the sleeves are up, up well above my wrist. Right. And so, um, yeah, she's looking on the clearance rack, which is like online orders returned to the store. And she, there was one suit coat that was the right size in long cut. Huh. And she was like, holy crap, is this the size you need? And I was like, 
oh my God, it's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) And so so then we just found pants that match and I'm like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) That's awesome. We were there way too long though. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, We did find, again, I think it was a, it was a, an online purchase because we only found one. We found a jacket that was red and green plaid, like, oh yeah, like Christmassy and it almost fit. It was one size too small. And so she took a picture of me with it on and sent it to my sister and was like, hey, Tim found his suit for the wedding tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and then, though, I was going to get it anyway, because like, who wouldn't want that? (laughs) But it was like one size too small. And I was like, so I go, well, this one doesn't even fit. I'm like, why am I so fat? And I like pulled my my arms together, like carefully. And I went, and my wife's like, Joe, you're going to rip it. (laughs) <laughs> i'm sure people at Coles were like will these dumb hillbillies get the fuck out of here <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah but uh it's good times good times so how about you man what's going on in your world oh you know work stuff little little stress yeah. about some work stuff but Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about good things. <laughs> good things good thing. indeed. Good things. We've had some, you know, I've talked about this a couple of different times in different episodes throughout the last couple of weeks, but uh, we're we're making, we're hitting some milestones here, I think, and it's, it's important for yeah. me to bring them up because I'm proud of them. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm yeah. excited. So this time last year, we had uh, 2,000 downloads uh, was our milestone then. They we've now doubled that for this year. We're going. We're just about to tip over into six. Yeah. So we've doubled the yearly. Yeah. We yeah we doubled the yearly listens. Doubles. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool, man. So, uh, yeah. If we it, my my thought is if we keep up this pace, by the time we're dead, most of the people in the world will have heard us. <laughs> that's 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 a that's a a goal (laughs) goal. it's yeah it's like it's like a pyramid scheme if you tell two people then they tell two people (laughs) then eventually i don't i don't know what that means i we weren't we're not going to be rich but uh well people will have heard us yep and that's all i care about is that people hear my manifesto I'm, well, sorry, what? <laughs> we've uh, but uh, we've more than doubled our weekly downloads. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Our uh, our podcast is charting in three different charts on on Good Pods now. Yeah, and and uh, two of them were in the third position at the top out of the top one hundred. Yeah, yeah. Which is so if you listen really to us, exciting. keep yeah, keep engaging, keep us up yeah. there, and 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 again, tell two friends and tell two friends. It works for Advocare. It'll work for us. Uh, <laughs> My mom did Amway. I know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> did she really? She really did. <laughs> oh, man. It was so funny because I had a friend one time that was selling Advocare and he was like, dude, you got to get in on this. And I was like, I finally just said to him, I'm like, man, everybody I know sells Advocare. Who am I going to sell to? <laughs> like, I'm certainly not going to go up to strangers in a parking lot and try to peddle my wares. Right. Like, you know, it doesn't work for me selling ass. It's not going to work for me selling Advocare. Uh, <laughs> like just had, the parking lot at Kroger. Like, 
Hey, honey, you lonely? <laughs> like, I'm putting my kid in a car seat. I'm like, yeah, doesn't mean you can't be lonely. <laughs> I had a guy uh, at the office who was trying to sell me that a lot. And he was like, you should take this uh, vitamin supplement drink that, that I have. And and uh, he's like, here, give, give it a little, give it a smell. It smells great. And I smelled it. And I was, I was like, this smells like liquid Flintstone vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what is this? Um. <laughs> It's this new supplement I found called Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Liquid Flintstone vitamins. <laughs> this is exactly what it smelled like. I was like, this can't be good for you. <laughs> this, is, this seems like it's too much. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Way to but, go, guy. But yeah, I think um, I think all of the footwork I've been doing with social media lately has, is paying off. Um, yeah, and thank you for that. Man. Yeah, it's it's. We um, talked last week about how much I love social media. So, <laughs> well, I'm I'm beginning just, to, to <laughs> take your position on it too. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I tried to do it for the game company that I that I sort of run ran. I don't know. I mean, it's still technically alive, I guess, but I haven't really sold anything in years. Um, produced or sold anything, but uh, but yeah, it's just like I would just be mad every day, and literally, if I wasn't on social media hours a day yeah like people would just stop talking to me yes. uh, you know that i was trying to keep in contact with and stuff and i was like eventually i was like this is not worth my my the headache it yeah. is it is a lot of work it's a lot of I, I sometimes i feel like i'm just on twitter you know you know going down the line jerking people off <laughs> <laughs> hey you do what you gotta do but uh <laughs> you lonely hun <laughs> it's working there's there's uh there's been some payoff for it we're getting some. We're getting noticed a little bit more than we were, we were and, and it's really working on Good Pods. So I'm, I'm definitely going to yeah, keep awesome. up with Good Pods. Twitter, we just hit 600 followers, and Instagram, we're we're like eight shy of a thousand right now. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll probably hit that before the end of the year too. So lots of milestones. Um, social media is really exhausting at times, but it's it's it uh, is it's working now. It's it's working. I think. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. And again, one one more time. Thank you for keeping up on all that. So yeah, I have to. yeah. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Well, anything else, man, going on in uh, in life? Uh, no, not really. No, just feel right. just feeling good about how the show's doing. Awesome, awesome. Me too. Me too. So, all right. Well, do you want to just get into it? Yeah, let's get in. That's that's enough shooting the shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. All right. Hey, can we take a quick break here? Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I was just handed a note that said, can you take a two minute break to lift Christina's bed to get her phone? To lift it? What are you going to lift know. it up? On, curl it on one arm? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to lift it up over my head like I'm in a world's strongest man competition. <laughs> yeah, I, apparently she's trying to move it. So let me go in there before my daughter seriously injures herself. Okay, go for it. All right. I'll be right back. Sure. All right. Hey. All right. Yeah. So she has, let's talk about that for a hot sec. So I stepped away in the middle of recording because my daughter has like a trundle bed mm -hmm. that we bought her years ago Yeah. and her phone fell down like between the, the wraparound headboard thing. Cause you know, a trundle bed's like three sides, like a couch kind of, mm -hmm. and the phone fell down between that and the drawers underneath. And it was like on the end where, 
it's really hard to lift because it's tucked in by a desk and stuff. And so anyway, then then we were told I was told by my 18 year old daughter, that's the worst thing that that she's ever had. She hates that bed. (laughs) Sorry, we bought it for you. Uh, (laughs) Then then I made a joke because she's the shortest one in the family. She goes, I hit my feet on it all the time down here. And I'm like, how? She showed me. She laid down. She's like, like this. And I'm like, oh, my God. Could you imagine if you were a normal height? (laughs) (laughs) And my wife's like, get out of here. (laughs) And then my wife goes and then my wife quoted something she quoted last night after the movie, which I got to say, I said something about. I said something about somebody being an asshole and, um, oh, we'll get into it when we talk about the movie, but I said something about people being assholes and, uh, and she was like, is it cause you're an asshole? She's like, assholes like other assholes. They all poop in the same water. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? She's like, I was trying to make a metaphor and I was like. You actually came real. I think that is a metaphor. <laughs> like we all poop in the same water. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's what she just reminded me of. She was like, get out of here. Remember assholes like other assholes. You all poop in the same water. <laughs> <laughs> that we do, dear. That we do. Oh, shit. Anyway, I'm back. <laughs> Let's get into into the, the, the meat of the show this week. Yeah. All right. Again, we're starting with non-spoilers. So, uh, but I, but uh, let me let me go with my intro here. Okay, you ready? Yeah. This is in honor of the movies, the movie star, right? Okay. All right. Here we go. Spider Man, Spider Man, little British gentleman, Spider Man. He says chips instead of fries. Adds extra used words all the time. Look out! He's a proper Spider Man. Is he strong? Listen, Gov. Lifts a lorry and we're chuffed. Is that a jumper or dungarees? Fits in the bin or bum bag with ease. Oi, oi! He's bloody Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Smashing bloke, cheeky Spider-Man. Even knackered during night. He still bants while fighting crime to him. Life is a bomby, not but a lark. One time he said, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. But he's still the Spider-Man. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Spider-Man. No way home. Very nice. <laughs> With little Tommy Hollins. <laughs> little Tommy Hollins. <laughs> little Tommy Hollins. What a handsome little gentleman he is all the time. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So again, we'll start with non-spoilers. So let's just dig in, man. What'd you think of this movie? <sighs> Sorry, that was not. Oh, that really? was not a comment on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay, good, good. I was like, dang. <laughs> um, it was really good. I was okay. I cool. Was really happy with it. It had. Um, yeah. It had some stuff that I felt was real fan servicey. Um, yeah, yeah. And we we talked about that with Ghostbusters. I felt like Ghostbusters did a lot of fan servicey stuff in it too. Um, but right. it, it did it in a way that I was not. It felt icky to me. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Okay, um, okay. And this at times felt a little awkward, but it wasn't icky. It didn't leave me with that taste in my mouth. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Cool. So. Yeah, man, I really dug this movie. I thought it was I thought it was good. I liked the uh the cast, I liked the the acting, I liked the action, the humor, mm-hmm. you know. It, it ticked all the boxes that I want in a Marvel movie and specifically a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. That's exactly um, what I told my wife too. She didn't want to yeah. care cuz she doesn't give a shit about Marvel movies. 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't like Marvel at all, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I told you, she told me that Marvel movies were Hallmark movies for men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but with how many ladies were there last night, maybe your wife's just curmudgeonly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I won't force you to say it. <laughs> no, no. Um, I get it, though. I know people. I know guys and girls and adults and children, and, and they, they couldn't give two shits about Marvel movies or comic book movies in general. And right. uh, like like we will revisit what I talked about earlier. I'm obviously right. And you're wrong, people. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're the uh, the fables and the mythology of our generation. Uh, generations because it's multiple but um yeah man i'm uh i'm i was pretty taken aback with how how much i enjoyed this um i thought there was some good visuals there was some good action the acting was really solid for all the main players um not that i expected anything less but i really uh i really dug it so um yeah we uh we like i said we get uh Little Tom Holland re- reprising his role as uh, Spider Ape Spider Man, also <laughs> known as Peter Peter Parker. Um, we get another fine British gentleman, uh, Benedict Cabbage Patch, coming back as uh, <laughs> as <laughs> Doctor um, Emilio Strange, uh, <laughs> and, and we get uh, we get. Um, you know, Jacob, uh, how do you say Batalon? Ba- how do you say Jacob's last name? I, couldn't I always tell get you. it wrong. Let me find him here real quick. Yeah. Uh, Batalon, I think is how you say his last name. And Zendaya, lo- no last name given, returning as Ned Leeds and MJ, respectively. Uh, again, we're not going to get into anything that's not in the trailers here. So, uh, as you know, we get a couple returning villains that we've seen in the trailers. We get John Favreau back as Happy Hogan. Big cast in this movie, man. Yeah. Um, we get Marissa Tomei back as Mae Parker, the sexiest Aunt May. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get other people returning from some of the other other movies and stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, this was great. You know, some of the things we saw in the trailer, the... Um, there's there's an action piece between um, Peter and Doctor Strange. Uh, there's also a um, you know there's some action pieces uh, between Peter and so, and some of our villains in the movie, and those are all really solid. You know, in the trailer we see that there there's some trippy Doctor Strangey type stuff in that action piece, and it goes much deeper than the trailer in that piece, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just visually stunning. I, I like that stuff. Um, I, I try to put my myself in, and maybe it's because they call it out early in the movie. We see MJ swinging with Peter, and she's kind of like, how do you not get sick constantly doing this? You know, like, just whipping through the air. Yeah. And so then when you see the Doctor Strange stuff of, like, reality kind of folding in on itself, I remember sitting there thinking... Yeah, dude, how how are you just not hurling with the world sort of doing this weird bendy thing all around you, right. you know? But yeah, man, I thought it was solid. I, I thought it was very cool. What else non-spoiler do you want to talk about? Set pieces or or action or, uh, you know, acting or whatever? Yeah, I just think that, like, uh, just the performances in general were really good in this movie. There was a lot of really, uh, there was a lot of humor in it, more than I was expecting, Um yeah. And it yeah. Uh, was all executed really well, I think. You know, all the all the jokes hit. They landed. They were uh it was good. I mean, and there was lots of um 
even even with the jokes, there was still a lot of fan servicey type stuff. Some of it, yeah, some of yeah. it more subtle than others, but uh, right, right. And we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll when get, we get into, into some spoiler stuff. There's yeah, there's some fan servicey stuff. Some of it's deep cuts for mm-hmm. like comic book geeks or movie aficionados. Mm-hmm. Some of it's uh, pretty surface level, but a lot of fan servicey type things uh, present and prevalent throughout the movie. I was gonna say. Uh, you know, also without getting into spoilers, there's a there's some moments in this movie. There's a lot of heart in this movie. There's some pretty heavy, heavy moments in this movie, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, were a little heavier than I kind of imagined there would be in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that before. You know, we've seen we saw that in the last one where, you know, he in the last movie, like he's kind of having to face like what happens when I'm battling somebody and things go awry and people get hurt and you know and 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 it's kind of heavy and it's more of that like moral quandary and um and we see some of that in this movie and we see um just some heaviness which was played well like it it actually sat next to the humor very well i thought like it wasn't you know because occasionally even in some marvel movies you get something where it's like it's trying to be kind of a heavy heartfelt moment and it's right next to a one-liner or one-liner or a zinger, and and it feels a little jarring, mm-hmm. you know, like like it kind of pulls you out of the moment. And I thought they did a good job of balancing in this one. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, some great rep- uh, repeat performances by some of the um, characters that we've seen in the trailer, so that you know they're coming. Like uh, Alfred Molina as Doctor Otto Octavius. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that he was back from the trailer, and man, he's great. You know, um, we've learned in the later trailers, so I guess minor spoiler, if you kind of, I have friends that go, I see the first trailer and then I don't watch anymore. So if you've not watched any more than the first trailer, you may not know that like, um, what's coming up. So warning three, two, one, Willem Dafoe gives a really, uh, solid performance, you know, returning as Norman Osborn. And then, you know, uh, Jamie Foxx also gives a great performance coming back as Electro. Yeah. A a much better performance, I felt, than his performance, than the character. Maybe not his performance, but the character in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I felt like this Electro was way more relatable, you know? Have you you seen Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Where... Okay, so the when the Electro, the the Max Dillon, Jamie Foxx character in that movie was like a geeky scientist to the point where he's unrelatable. You know what I mean? Like like having a birthday alone for himself and like dropping his papers everywhere and, you know, got a weird comb over haircut and and like like it feels it, it takes you out of. Like, you don't care about the character because you're like, that guy's a cartoon, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I liked this portrayal of him much better. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I really, I really dug this. I would recommend anybody going to see it, man. Especially if you're into comic book movies at all. Like, this is probably one of the better ones I've seen in a bit, you know? Right. Um, And I, and I really liked, like, like, you know, you, if you listen to our episode on Shang-Chi, I love Shang-Chi. Yeah, I love Shang-Chi, too. I think this is right up there with it, man. I think this might be better than Shang-Chi. Uh, yeah, I think it might be as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably they're probably neck and neck for me. So and we'll get into more of that as we talk spoilers. But um, 
I don't know, man. Anything else that we want to talk before we uh, get into spoilers? I know we're definitely going to do a final kind of a final rating and verdict, but uh, but any any other discussion points before that? No, this movie is going to be real hard to <laughs> it's going to be real hard to talk about without talking about spoilers. So. Right. Yeah, because they get into they get into spoiler territory pretty quickly in this movie. Yeah. You know, it's not like. It's not like some movies where you see the trailer and then halfway through you're like, yeah, I knew all this was going to happen. You know, right. this one, um, this one sort of picks up immediately after the last one, you know, which if you saw Spider-Man Far From Home, this one sort of picks up Im- like immediately after that one. Right. Yeah. Like because that one ends with the the revelation that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And you get, we get our, we got kind of shocked at the end of that movie with the J. Jonah Jameson coming back, J.K. the great J.K. Simmons. And, um, and he's sort of blasting on the screens all around the city, you know, the, the like, what menace, menace to society, you know, and, and Peter is swinging with MJ and they sort of land and are like, oh crap. And this movie picks up right there. I mean, it's like that moment. So I thought that was kind of cool too, that it wasn't like, you know, two, 12 months later or six months later, or, you know, whatever. It was just like, no, it's, it's directly following that. I thought that was pretty awesome, but yeah, man, I know the people in our theater really dug it. People were clapping and cheering and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. They were, they were into it. I, I, yeah, they were. They, and it's opening weekend. So you're going to get the people who are going to clap at a movie and, and cheer because they're as excited as we are. But, uh, but yeah, I, um, I always think that's a little funny when I'm like, you know, the, the clapping and the like audible gasps and things and, you know, in a movie theater. So, uh, that always makes me laugh a little bit, but, uh, no, it was good, man. I'm into it. Um, you want to talk final verdicts and then we'll get into, uh, into spoiler territory maybe. Yeah. So final verdict, man. Um, much like Shang-Chi, this was a, a, you know, I can't remember specifically what I gave that film. I think I really liked it. I know I really liked it. I just can't remember what what the rating was. I should have looked it up before I did this. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unlike, unlike last year, I haven't been keeping great notes of that. I gave this a five out of five. This was, you know, the, I think that's nice. the, uh, I think the only other movie I've given that to this year is Pig. Um, yeah, Pig, which if you missed our episode on Pig, go watch that yeah. movie and then listen to our episode. Yeah, check that it's out. It's fantastic. I, I know it seems weird. Nicolas Cage, Truffle Hunter with a pig. It's great. Right. Go check that out. Anyway. Right. Good film. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So five out of five. I would agree, man. This yeah. was great. This ticked all the boxes. It for did. Me. It did for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. So I would say five out of five as well. I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, we we talked news in our Hawkeye episode this week, but Kevin Feige has already said to, like, try to assuage fans theor, uh, fears. He's already said we are working on the next one with Sony currently. So the partnership is not breaking up yet, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. um, because after after Far From Home, you know, there was they went through a tumultuous patch where they were. Right maybe going to go their separate ways and people were losing their minds. Um, cause I like Tom Holland, man, the Spider-Man he's, he's great. And Tom um, Holland saved the spider verse. 
He did. <laughs> he swung over to the studio lot and he was like, get back together. And then he swung over to the Marvel lot and then he just shot them both with webs and pulled them together like bad guys. He took his shirt off and he was abnormally buff for his size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, my God. And Sony was like, you might be a good candidate for a young Nathan Drake. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, we got that trailer again last night. Yeah, we did. Oh, so that was, they're pushing so that before we hard. get into spoiler territory, let's just talk about the experience. The um, theater, there were not as many trailers as I thought there would be. Like when we saw Ghostbuster, there were probably what, like eight trailers before there that was movie? like 20 minutes of trailers. Yeah, it was forever. And there were only three trailers last night. Yeah. Yeah, they got um, into it, it was, real, real, real quick. Yeah, it was part of it's probably the length of the movie. It's like two and a half hours yeah, long. It's a long flick. But yeah, there was Uncharted. Unfarted. There was Ambulance. And then what was the third trailer? Do you remember? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really tuned out. <laughs> the other thing I want to say, the theater was full. So we went opening night. I mean, this is taken in a pretty big haul. From what I saw, um, I think it's taken in like 50 million bucks already. Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, man, um, we'll see. I mean, it, it's got the possibility to be the biggest grossing movie of the year. I think, you know, I mean, it's got a lot to overcome because there was it fast nine and James Bond each took in like, like James Bond made like 700 and some million dollars yeah. worldwide this year. Um, and especially I, I read just recently that Spider-Man there's, I don't know if it did. I'm going to look real quick on, I don't know if I even still can because box office mojo was um, purchased by IMDb, I think. And so I don't know that I can even see it because a lot of times now, a lot of the things you have to, uh, it's like, get a, get an IMDb pro. Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. So um, I'm going to see if I can see it, but um one of the things I was thinking, I'm not sure that this has gotten a release in China yet or got greenlit to get a release in China. And if it hasn't, that's going to be huge because Spider-Man is giant in China, you know? Really? Um, yeah, yeah. He's probably the most well-known Marvel character over there hmm. and usually does incredibly well over there. Um, and so if it doesn't, man, that's going to really put a big dent in the in its box office hall. Yeah. So... Yeah, I can't. I I can't see anything yet. It might just be that it's too new still, and they don't have numbers posted yet. But um, um, but yeah, I thought a five out of five. I really like this movie. Uh, yeah, like I said, the theater was jam packed, and people were into it opening weekend. So yeah. um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm there for it. I, I recommend going to see it if you haven't. Uh, particularly before you check out our spoiler section of this, if uh, that we're coming up to. Um, because there's some stuff that I think pays off bigger if you don't know going in. Yeah. So, for sure. all right, man. So five out of five from both of us. Any, any last thoughts before we get into the spoiler warning? Nope. Let's dig in. All right. I will, I will give you a, a brief reprise, a uh, reprieve here to play the, uh, play your spoiler warning that you <laughs> gave me. So, so we are moving into spoilers after this warning. So be forewarned. Yep. Please do not proceed if you do not want spoilers for this movie. Here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. All right. So let's let's get into it. So yeah, guys. Spider-Man dies in this. He does. <laughs> no. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. But he does become a bad guy. He does. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't become a bad guy. <laughs> what if we just did that? Like, just uh, 45 minutes of fake spoilers, you know? like Zombie Captain America comes back and he bites his wiener off. <laughs> uh. um, that part's true, though. So we, um, so we got some... No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. He lost his, <laughs> he lost his peeny. <laughs> yeah, so so I, <laughs> so I mentioned that they start spoilers early. Spoiler territory early. Mm-hmm. There's a... There's a there's a cameo that was sort of rumored, but never really like pr- what ten minutes into this movie, maybe fifteen minutes maybe, in, maybe fifteen minutes in. I yeah. swear to you, I was I was I had convinced myself that this was not going to happen. Right, there were so many right. podcasts I was listening to that were like, "It's a thing, it's confirmed." It was not confirmed. Just 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 yeah, just for the listener's sake, that was, this was not confirmed. It was a rumor, and I, that I thought was horseshit. But (laughs) as soon as this guy comes on screen, I was like, I literally said, I'll be dipped in shit (laughs) 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 because it happened. Yeah. And and it's and it made me it it made me feel validated a little bit because when we talked about it. So for anybody who's who has made it this far and isn't um, isn't worried about spoilers or has already seen this. Obviously, we're talking about Matt Murdock is in this and played by Charlie Cox. Yeah. And um. And I remember when we talked about this weeks ago with this rumor, uh, one of the things I said, I said, I think it's going to, it's too much. This movie has Mm -hmm. so much in it already. Yep. I think it's too much. And I, and I, I, I remember thinking it, but I thought I said it in a podcast. You did. I was like, you did for sure. If did I, okay. I think we both agreed it was going to be too much, right? It was going to be too much. But I, what I think I said is like, if they bring him back, I could see him coming back only as Matt Murdock, the lawyer in this Mm -hmm. and not daredevil. Right. And then they'll save and put daredevil in something else. Right. And by God, that's exactly what they did. did. (laughs) And I was like, a little taste of daredevil. You got a little taste of his ability. Yes. Yeah. Followed up by a, by a great joke. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, what a what an amazing like he's like things are going to just get worse and then somebody chucks a brick at Spider-Man's head through a window and and be- Spider-Man puts his hand up to catch it because of his spider sense, but but Matt Murdock catch backhands it, you know, and catches it. And I love Peter looks at him and goes, "How did you do that?" And he's like, "Because I'm a great lawyer." <laughs> what a fantastic joke. Yeah. Oh my god, I was so pumped at that man. I was just like, he's back, baby! Yeah. And they did it the same week that uh, you know, we we had another big reveal. So we're in spoilers. We're gonna talk spoilers for Hawkeye, episode five, also. So yeah. if you haven't watched that yet, and you're listening to this before watching that for some whatever reason, <laughs> the and you're fine with the Spider-Man spoilers, but not the Hawkeye or what if you fall in a very niche group, we'll give you a three. Two, one. Spider-Man dies. <laughs> In Hawkeye. In Hawkeye. In Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he doesn't. No, he does. It's true. It's true. He does. No, he doesn't. But he might. He does. Um, <laughs> but, um, one of my favorite running uh, Eddie Izzard 
jokes. If you've ever watched Eddie Izzard do oh, stand, I love Eddie he Izzard. does that. He he's amazing. But I love when he's like, "Hey, he died today. Did you hear?" And then he's like, "No, he didn't. He didn't die." And then he's like, he, "No, it's true. He did. He died. He did. It, it, it's sad." No, he didn't die. And he just <laughs> runs with that for like three minutes. And I love it. But um, but no, uh, Kingpin yeah. was in Hawkeye episode five. And so they they did it, man. Marvel reintroduced the Netflix Kingpin and the Netflix Daredevil within three days of each other. Yep. Um, Really two days. It's insane. I was like, that's. And I was like, what timing, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's crazy. Brilliant. Just a brilliant piece of work. Like you said, we had a big crowd at the theater. I wasn't. Um, yeah. I wasn't expecting their like audible reactions for everything. And they really did have an audible reaction for almost everything. But they did. It was less so for for Charlie Cox, I think. It, I, yeah. I got the impression that there were people in the theater that didn't recognize him. So here's the thing. You got to remember the, the Netflix Marvel shows were all rated TVMA, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like my son, who's 15, but he just hasn't seen Daredevil yet. Yeah. And so he even said after the fact, he was like, who was that guy? Oh, and wow. we're like Daredevil. And he goes, and he said, though, he goes, I thought maybe it's Daredevil. And he goes, but typically, if you are people who are not sighted, tip, he goes, typically, not always, they typically wear dark sunglasses. And he had those red ones on. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, so I didn't think that maybe that's not him. But he goes, but then he caught the brick. And I was like, that's probably Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> like, but um, but he's not seen the Netflix show. Okay. So he didn't like he didn't immediately recognize Charlie Cox, right. you know, so and we had a lot of children. There was a fair theater, amount so of like, younger people. Yeah. Yeah, so I tend to think that might be why yeah, that is might be that why. it was that, just that's a fair assessment, I think. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I was thinking the same thing because yeah, they were they were a very audible crowd. At one point, something happened, and I couldn't even. I wrote, I'm trying to remember what it was, but they were so excited about it that I couldn't hear the follow up line. You know, because people were clapping and like, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, okay. give it to me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put it in my eye holes. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but yeah, man, I, and, and that's it. Charlie Cox, not the rest of the movie at all. No. Like it just introduces him. That's like, Hey, daredevils in this universe. FYI, you know, yeah. like, um, and he's, and the rumor is that he's supposed to be back in the she Hulk series. So, which makes a lot of sense. It does. So, cause they're both lawyers. Yeah. I'm excited, man. So I, uh, I, are they uh, anyway? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, no, 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 go ahead. Are are uh, they going down the route of making the Netflix shows canon, or did they just really like these actors and decided to bring them back? I think the latter. Really, I think okay. they. Yeah, because and and there's multiple reasons I think that. Um, one, I think Kevin Feige has said like. If we bring them back, it will be sort of that they're the same person, a different version of the same character, you know? Okay. Um, But the other reason I think that is while the Netflix shows reference the Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. they've never gone reverse. The movies have never referenced the Netflix shows. Right. You know, Um, 
The other reason I think probably not is we've had actor crossover between the two, you know? Alfre Woodard has played, uh, she played Mariah and Luke Cage, and then she was the, she was the woman, I don't remember her character's name, who basically told Tony Stark in Civil War, like, my son was in Sokovia when you guys fought Ultron and he died, you know? Um, and she was obviously not supposed to be Mariah in, in that, uh, but also more, more so than that, even Mahershala Ali played uh Cottonmouth. That's right. And he's going to be our new blade. Right. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I'm guessing that, that it's more just like, and then lastly, every time I see Kevin Feige talk about it, and I feel bad. I feel bad a little bit for Finn Jones, but every time I see him talk about it, he's like, you know, a lot of people really hold those Netflix characters in beloved high regard, like Daredevil and the Punisher. And then he's like, and and people really enjoyed the like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. And that's how he always almost always ends the quote. Like he never says anything about Iron Fist or Finn Jones. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good move, Marvel. Right. Let's, uh, let's, let's just forget that that exists. <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't. Boy, was it not. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know, we, we talked about the other rumor recently. Or not rumor. She actually said that Jessica Henwick was actually up for a role in Shang-Chi. And Marvel, Marvel Studios, Diz slash Disney, and... Uh, who does the matrix? Is it universal? I want to say it was universal, but I, I could yeah, whatever, whatever company does the matrix. Um, they, they both told her that basically like you can't be in both of these things. Like you have to pick one or the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she picked to be in the matrix resurrections, but I, so we, we had speculated, we weren't sure if she was asked to come back as, Colleen Wing in Shang-Chi or if she was going to be a totally new character. So I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to think that maybe she may have been the first crossover if she was allowed to do both, you know? Yeah. I don't know though. I mean, I just, we just don't know. So, but anyway, yeah. So we start off with that spoiler, like 15 minutes into the movie or not spoiler, but like that, that That reveal reveal. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's, that's a correct word that I was looking for. And then, man, it, this movie doesn't really slow down much at all. It does a couple no, times it doesn't. to let us catch our breath. But, you know, um, essentially we move from there and the next big reveal was was from the trailer. But we get Doc Ock just attacking a bridge, yeah. you know, and that was that was sort of uh, that was crazy. That's that was the fight that we see almost verbatim in the trailer. Yeah. And even what we had thought, like he obviously his arms like sort of take on the nano, the Stark nanotech. Then the fight ends in a great way. And that's just Spider-Man has control of the nanotech of his suit. And so he just goes, oh, well, I'll just take your arms over, (laughs) which which I didn't see that coming. But that was I didn't either. Yeah, I I liked him. We see a couple times in this that Peter Parker is just smart. Yeah. You know, like, like he's just he's kind of a genius. And he he figures out ways to get out of things rather than just flipping and punching, you know? Yeah. I really liked that, though. I mean, I really did. And I liked uh, they did a good job with letting Alfred Molina just chew scenery, man. Mm -hmm. Like 
because we found out in the old Spider-Man movie, you know, that the arms were in control and they were sort of making him a bad guy and crazy. And man, he just chews scenery as as bat evil Dr. Octopus. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. He tries to murder Spider-Man almost immediately. Yeah. And the nanotech fortunately saved Peter's life, but he tried to stab him through the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, okay, they, he's, he's murdery Dr. Octopus. All right, <laughs> let's go. What did you think of that, man? The, the whole Doc Ock and, and, uh, and I mean, Alfred Molina, but also like just the fight scenes with him and things. I thought that fight was really solid. It, it yeah. just had some good, uh, like action moves and the special effects were great. Yeah. Yeah, the where where he has the confrontation with him, where he's basically got Spider Man pinned down just before you know they he just before Spider Man's suit says there's a new device to pair. <laughs> right, right. That was funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. It's just a, a really interesting confrontation. He immediately goes, you know, you're not Peter Parker, and then it kind of right. makes him pause long enough that that uh, Peter can take over the situation. But uh, yeah, great, great fight, great scene. Good actors. Yeah. Man. Great actors for this. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And I love too. like um, he was tossing cars, but I love just that it felt heavy, which mm, I like. Yeah. I like I like when you have these characters who are tossing kind of casually tossing like automobiles around. It feels heavy when the automobiles hit. There's a crunch and there's a thud mm-hmm. and, you know, like like shit feels like it's getting destroyed, you know? And it's one of the things I always hearken back to when I'm talking to people about the reason I didn't think the Ang Lee Hulk, like from, you know, what, 2003 or whatever, why I didn't feel like that worked, but I felt like the incredible Hulk follow-up with, uh, with Louis Lettier uh, directing and Edward Norton, I felt like it did work. And one of the biggest things for me is that in that movie, the Hulk feels heavy when he jumps on a building. Like there's crazy destruction on the building. You know what I mean? Uh He's jumping like a flea from item to item pretty far. But when he lands, it's just kind of like, and then he's (laughs) off again. And in, in the incredible Hulk, man, he jumps on a building and he climbs a building by just jamming his fist through the wall. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm always into this. I think it's great cinematography when you can make things feel like they have weight like that. Right. And, um, and boy, I mean, does it when he's fighting Doc Ock? I mean, those cars are going everywhere. You know, he saves the family. Um, we really get a good look at Spider-Man in his element because he's just saving people. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the world thinks he's a villain at this point. And on that bridge, he's just like, get out of here. Everybody get to safety, you know? And he, he risked, I mean, had he not had the nanotech suit, he would have died saving people basically. Right. And, um, yeah. And it's, uh, it, it gives you a good look at him. So I liked that. What, what else, what else, what other scenes do you want to talk about? Oh, we got, uh, your favorite power ranger, green goblin. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we did. And, um, yeah, disgusting, uh, Power Ranger Green Goblin. And man, I was never so happy as when he, when he himself, like fighting his own inner demons broke that helmet. Uh I was like, thank Christ. What was that (laughs) helmet made of? It sounded like it broke like a 
terracotta base or something. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know. What the I was hell like, was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. But um, yeah. He uh, when he broke it, I was like, oh yes. And boy, man, Willem Dafoe, he went full crazy face in this one, man. Oh, yeah, he did. I, I loved it, dude. Yeah. He was like. Now, also, man, I you for, I forget that in that universe, Green Goblin has like super strength, right? Like, because he's like he's fighting Spider-Man hand to hand in this. Yeah, movie. I couldn't remember that. I was trying to debate on whether or not it was his suit that was giving him that strength or what. But like he was really going toe to toe with Spider-Man. He was. He was. I, I think that he actually has super strength from the serum. OK, because in that Spider-Man movie, that was one of the things they were trying to develop. They were developing the glider, but also a suit and a formula, I think, to to empower soldiers. Yeah, man, he is. There's one great scene during their fight where Spider-Man is sort of he's holding Spider-Man up. Spider-Man sort of climbed up on him and he and Spider-Man is just punching him in the face and he just starts grinning at Spider-Man. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, like that creeped me out yeah. so much. Like he doesn't even care what happens to him as long as he destroys you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was great, but a lot of wrestling moves in that fight, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He kept power bombing him. Yeah, <laughs> like he sure did. I wanted to at one point yell out, "Watch out! Watch out! Watch out!" RKO <laughs> because because yeah, I mean they he kept just power like picking him up and power bombing him down through the floor at one point. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Hot damn!" He did it again like, with the Statue of Liberty too. He did. Spider-Man yeah, he did. He power bombed him again. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh that was crazy, dude. Um that fight was just intense. And that's the turn. We see that turn because Spider-Man's capturing these guys and he gets he gets some decent fights in with them early, but he's capturing them. And it's what a lot of people speculated that Doctor Strange's box basically was somehow tied to a way to trap them. And, um, and that, you know, it, it was going to send them back, but potentially since they had all died in their universes, that, that it was sending them back to, to their death basically. And Spider-Man decides not to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that was, uh, that was so, so they all sort of like agreed to help let him fix them, quote unquote. And then Green Goblin turns, though, because he's gone. He's going crazier and crazier. Right. Right. And so he takes a turn and convinces the other villains that they need. They don't need to be fixed like they're they're essentially gods. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's when we get the great fight in the apartment building. Yeah, I, I was I was still into it at that point. I like that they fix Doc Ock first, though, like they put the the inhibitor back back on his arms which puts him back in control. And again, this is where Alfred Molina's greatness as an actor shines because he immediately takes that turn from like angry old man to thank you, Peter. Like, you know, and it's, and it's believable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then he helps out later in the movie even, which, you know, we had speculated might happen as well because Mm -hmm. he was sort of the only character in those that, was sort of a villain against his own will almost. Yeah. Uh, I liked that. I thought that was kind of cool, but, but to talk more about Willem Dafoe, 
he even is great as like when he goes to feast where Aunt May works and he's like talking to her and he's like, I'm I just don't know who I am. And there's no Oscorp here. And, you know, and um, and even just like the the physical comedy in the background of that scene when she's talking to Peter and he just keeps shoving donuts into his pockets <laughs> <laughs> that in the background. That was great. That was brilliant. Yeah, I didn't even like, notice that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. yeah. He, the whole time her and Peter are talking about if he should send these guys back or not, you know, and she's like, you know, he's like, it's not my problem. And she's like, come on, you know, like you're better than that. In the background, Norman Osborne is sitting there and she has a box of donuts and he just keeps pulling them out and putting them in the pockets of the coat he's wearing. <laughs> like He's just stealing donuts like a crazy person. And I'm like, awesome. Like, well done, you know? Yeah, man, I thought that was cool. So, what else? What else? What else do you want to get into on the, in this movie? Shortly before that, before the bad guys get all rounded up, and then he tries to quote unquote fix them, um, right? We get a look at Jamie Fox as Electro, and when you yes. first see him, you sort of see him in the bluish looking skin that he had, where he was sort of like translucent and everything. You could see his bones. Yeah, yeah, he was like almost all electricity. At yeah, that point. and then th- I think uh, what I gathered from this was that he he himself says that the power in this universe is different. So there's something different about right. the electricity. And right. after he absorbs a bunch of it, his body sort of reforms. Yeah, you know, like bigger and better. You know, he's not he's not the, uh, yeah. the goon he was before he got his ability. Right, right. Yeah, he's ripped like Jesus in yeah. this movie, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, because when he first reforms, he's naked. Yeah. And which is a great scene. That's really funny. Yeah, that is funny that he's like because we we also this is where we get reintroduced to Sandman, also, right? And Sandman left uh Spider-Man 3, the Sam Raimi trilogy, as a good not as a good guy, but sort of as a reformed villain, right? Yeah. And and that's how he enters here. I, I loved that. Like, he comes up and he's like, you know, he, he kind of explains to Peter what's going on from his point of view. You know, he's like, I suddenly got pulled into this universe. And he's like, I can try to contain him. And he helps. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one thing that I didn't really get later in the movie because he kind of becomes a bad guy toward the end of the movie. But I wasn't sure why. Well, the thing I got from that was it seems like he was after the box, too. But I yeah. think it's because he wanted to go home. He, his, I think he I think did want to go home. I think he was driven by his motive to be with his daughter. Right. And I and I kind of thought that, too. But it to me, then, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Well, like if that when they were like, we're trying to fix them and then we'll send you all home. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just say, OK. You know, he seemed, like he seemed really distrusting, and I think they were leaning into that. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was a little bit because they they did say like he's going to kill us all and blah blah blah. The other villains, but um, but yeah, that was the one thing that didn't make a ton of sense to me because I was like, you know, even early on he helped Peter Parker, but then then Peter did trap him. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was maybe that was sort of the turn of like, well, no, no, hold on, I'm not one of them. But I thought that was a little weird that toward the end. Unless he was maybe worried that they weren't going to send them back, like they were going to fix them and then just keep them in this universe or something. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It was just weird. That was the only thing that felt like a little bit of a misstep to me mm-hmm. um, was like I didn't really get his motivation in the third act. 
but whatever. Besides that, um, yeah, the Jamie Foxx scene was hilarious though, where he's like, you're not all, you know, we, you're just going to all stand here and pretend that I'm not butt ass naked. And I love Sandman, you know, Thomas Hayden church is like, I am <laughs> like, yeah. like, or like I was going to, or something like that. I'm just like, that's funny that he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to acknowledge it, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh that was pretty good. I did like that. They got him sort of the yellow. What was it? Like the yellow, like, uh, like construction worker clothing, like suit. Oh yeah. And that's what sort of formed the base of the electro suit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, that's cool. That's badass. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And like we thought from the trailers, he does end up with an arc reactor. Yeah. Tony Stark. So way to go, Tony, you're dead and you're still making stronger villains. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I thought, I thought that was cool. A solid performance from him too. of just going, you know, like at the beginning, he was kind of like super cocky and self-assured, like he ended in, in Amazing Spider-Man. But then I like that he eventually was like, you know, he kind of took a turn and it's like, I can't go back there. I'm nothing there. You know, yeah. like I, I don't want to be that guy who I was anymore. Like, you know, I thought that was cool. Good, good performance. Mm-hmm. So what else? What else we want to talk about? Uh, well, we can't forget Spider-Man dies. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. He does. Um. He does get stabbed. He does get stabbed. <laughs> he does. That, that do happen. Or does he? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. Um, trying to think. Let's see. We do have some death in this, though. We do. Do you want yeah. to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about that. That was heart wrenching, man. A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, Aunt May dies. Yeah. That's not a joke. Man. That really, <laughs> really happened. That really does happen. Not before she delivered the power responsibility line. Right. Slightly altered so that it doesn't match the other ones. Mm-hmm. I made a joke of like, like pantomiming that I was taking a shot when she said it. And then it <laughs> said later in the movie and I made a pantomime. I was like, that'd be a good drinking game. <laughs> like, every time they say power and responsibility. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, she dies uh, at the hands of Green Goblin after she had convinced Peter to to give these guys a chance and see if he could help save them, you know? Yeah. And it was pretty funny because I was like, it was pretty funny because after she died in my head, I was like thinking I'm going to make a joke on the podcast about how he, he, he trusted or he, he worked to let a villain live and redeem them. It's a mistake. He'll never make again, but they actually do that toward the end of the movie. Like he, he comes very close to killing Norman Osborn. Mm -hmm. And doesn't is stopped, but I mean, murder in his eyes mm-hmm. and, and, and no, like he wasn't going back. Like he was full tilt. Like you killed her. I'm going to end you. And I was like, Ooh, that is, that is dark for a teenage kid, yeah. you know? But yeah. So yeah, she, she dies. Um, we'll get, we'll kind of circle back to this when we get to some, some of the fallout toward the end of the movie. Um, we, we get another glimpse into him dealing with the grief of, of loss of his aunt. Yeah, man, she dies in the, in the green goblin sort of, again, sort of tricks, not tricks him, but it was during their fight and she's just trying to do what's right. You know, she's trying to stop green goblin. Who's obviously super strong and she's in a fight with two super powered people and she's trying to stop him by threatening him with like a, a, a pipe 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, just get out of the goddamn building, May! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a that was one of the heart wrenching scenes, and just seeing him deal with that grief on the roof later when he's alone and he's just you know weeping, and his friends, you know, um, Mary Jane and, and Ned come and, and just hug him and cry Michelle with Jones. him. And there's the yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep calling her MJ, but it, yeah, Michelle. Jones. I thought you said Mary Jane. Oh, did I say maybe I did say Mary Jane? Okay, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, Michelle Jones. She she comes and and they. You get their friendship there. It's again, it's one of the scenes that's full of heart because they just hold him and the three of them cry together. Yeah. And, you know, and um, man, that was that was that was a heart wrenching scene, you know, like to just if you put yourself in the those shoes, you know, like you lost a, basically a parent. It's just the people that are closest to you just coming in and, and weeping with you. To, to help you deal. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of sad, but it didn't move me the way I was expecting it to. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling the scene too much. Um, it gets kind of corny because our, our two other characters that we'll talk about here in just a second show up and they sort of have like a, like a bonding moment. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, maybe I'm just cold blooded or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you're mr snow miser yeah i'm dead inside <laughs> <laughs> mr no fun <laughs> it just didn't just didn't get me in i don't know yeah right on right on yeah all right all right it definitely obviously affected me more than you but uh i uh yeah man I, that scene was just hard to watch and and again i i put a lot of that on the the chops of those actors oh like yeah they, they were all they all had good performances they were great in it you know yeah so yeah we uh let's get into you mentioned two other characters ned is magic somehow <laughs> yeah yeah he makes one comment that he's that he his grandma tells him that magic runs in the hands of their family mm-hmm and it's played as a joke, but then they get he gets Doctor Strange's sling ring because we didn't even cover this. Spider-Man traps Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension. Yeah. Like, dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, that's a great encounter, man. The mirror dimension encounter is fantastic. That's the one where I was like, I was like, how are these two not just vomiting continuously from the world, the disorientation? It's cool. The special effects are awesome. I really love the idea of the mirror dimension, but it was just a little too corny for me when Spider-Man was like, I know geometry. And then he starts going pi times the square root of, and he's like (laughs) shooting webs everywhere. And I was like, come on, nobody talks like that. So I... uh, I like that because that was another example of him not using his strength or speed to overcome something. He, he was, he thought it out, you know? Yeah. And, and realistically, like if you, if you've read anything and the first Dr. Strange, they essentially built the mirror dimension based on complex mathematics, mm-hmm. you know, like they said, they were like, uh, because they, I remember when the first Dr. Strange movie came out and they talked about the mirror dimension and how it was like, folded in on itself and it was like you know uh sort of like fractals and things like that they talked about how they really wanted to make it based in in mathematics because they said especially they um, they like to think back and hearken it back to the the thor line 
from the first from Thor the first Thor where he tells Natalie Portman uh Natalie Portman's character Jane he says you know uh you call it science my people call it or you call it magic my people call it science I come or I come from a place where they're one and the same or something to that effect right mm-hmm. and so they talked about how they wanted magic in the universe to be grounded in like science and math or at least, you know, sit on top of those bases. And so I kind of liked that when he's, it kind of showed that he's just a smart kid, man. He's just a genius. And he was like, hold on a second. Like I recognize these math patterns. I can, I can beat this guy by doing, and it sounds like something that Spider-Man would say, like, you know, what's cooler than magic math, (laughs) you know, like, um, it sounds like a, a a quippy, a 17 year old quipping at a, at a wizard, you know, I get it. But the whole where he's like multiplying things out loud while he's shooting webs and stuff. That that line was just a little too corny for me. Yeah. And I get what you're saying, but I did like the way he did it too. Cause he's like shooting webs here, there and everywhere. And then all of a sudden he kind of like everything lines up and they just like wrap around Dr. Strange perfectly and like string him up like a, you know, like a, um, like somebody in like a torture rack or something like he's completely caught. Yeah. And I, and I like that. I was like, that's kind of cool that he, he did that, but, but then he just leaves and he's stuck in the mirror dimension. And I was like, I don't think that's okay. And he's, he calls back to it later when he shows up. He's like, I was stuck in the mirror dimension for 12 hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's pissed. And I'm like, I get it, dude. Pretty good. Um, yeah. A lot happened in 12 hours. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so we see Ned, Ned picks up the sling ring and puts it on. Cause he's like, this is, this is cool. And you see every time he moves that hand, a little bit of magic kind of in the air. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so then you find out he really is magic. Cause he's like, you know, Michelle goes, Hey, you're, you're making stuff happen. Can you open a, a window like Dr. Strange does? And he, he tries it and he's like, show us Peter Parker. And it works on the first try, which I'm like, come on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, this is, this is where we got our other, everybody in the theater was clapping like the plane had just landed. I, I made the comment. <laughs> Because Peter Parker slowly comes walking. He sees that some something's happened. He's in an alley and he comes walking. He's in shadow. And then as he gets to the, the portal and steps through, it's very obviously Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man from the Amazing Spider-Man series. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he takes off the mask and it's and it's not, you know, it's not Tom Holland. And they're both like, ah, <laughs> you know, um, what did you think of that scene? That, that, like that first half of that scene with, with their interaction with Andrew Garfield. Um, you're talking before the other one shows up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Before, before Toby shows up. Um, I mean, it was kind of funny. It was, it was, uh, this is where it felt like the cameos were a little awkward. Right. Um, yeah. But it picks up from there. It, it starts to gain speed, and and the the jokes between the characters are are much more fluid. And I think they they land. Um, yeah, but this I agree. This whole introduction to these two versions of Spider Man, um, was uh, it was just awkward. I thought. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I did like that that they don't trust him, even though he's clearly in a Spider Man suit, mm-hmm. and they they knew that villains they they were there when Spy when Tom Holland's Peter Parker explained to them, 
like villains from other worlds are getting pulled in. But I like that Michelle is like just completely untrustworthy of another man dressed as Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, and she's like, but prove to us you're Spider-Man. And I like that he just jumps up and touches the ceiling with his fingertips and hangs there by his fingertips. And she's like, not good enough. And he's like, what? Not good enough. <laughs> you know, like that. And she's like, crawl around. He's like, I'm not, I'm not crawling around. <laughs> I, I, I liked that interaction. That interaction That's, I mean, was it, funny. She like throws bread at him. Yeah. She keeps throwing <laughs> dinner rolls at him. And he's like, stop. She's like, do you not get the tingle? He's like, no, I don't get the tingle for bread. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was great. It was great jokes there. So right away, I thought that that interaction was solid. And so. I wasn't, I wasn't mad at that cameo at that point. Yeah. You know, I think, I think Toby's Toby coming onto the scene felt a little bit more jarring and a little bit harder to reconcile. It did, but uh, it, up, up front. Yeah. You know, up front. But like you said, the jokes get better. The interaction, do. the quips between them get better. They do. It's, it's very awkward at first though. It almost feels like they feel awkward. Being right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, um, and it was funny because, I mean, Toby looked like an adult man when he played 17-year-old Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, 20 years ago. Now he looks like a, a middle-aged man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they make reference to that later, which I think is hilarious. But, um, you know, he definitely, he definitely feels like an older... My son made a comment and I'm like, the guy, the guy's like, I don't even know. Do you know how old Toby Maguire is? It's 46. He's 46. Yeah. So I was like, kind of like, as a guy who's 42 and not nearly in that kind of shape, I was almost like easy. And my son was like, I could tell how old he was. Cause the one part where he's like laying on the ground, I was like, man, look at all the chins. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like easy. <laughs> that's rough <laughs> yeah right i'm like and he's in toby mcguire shape my kid just must look at me and be like oh my dad's job of the hut <laughs> hey dad can you ooze down the hall i got a question for you you know like <laughs> but yeah i thought that was funny but yeah he shows up and i like that they start shooting webs at each other almost immediately. Like, they're just like, who are you? Who are you? You know, it was very much the Spider-Man meme, you know, the pointing at each other, like I'm Spider-Man, I'm Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and then I thought the most awkward part of this interaction was the, the Ned's grandmother jokes. I thought that when she was not speaking English at them, that was hilarious because they were all just standing, waiting for her to finish talking. Uh-huh. And and it was that like uncomfortable like I don't understand you so I have to wait until the the translator says something right you know that was funny to me but like a lot of the jokes sort of fell flat like the clean up your webs and you know like I was like okay you know like that's just weird you know yeah. but um because she was like playing the sort of like I'm old and I'm nonplussed by anything <laughs> you know like. Two superheroes in my living room, whatever. Just clean up <laughs> after yourselves. It didn't that didn't really land for yeah. me as much. But I thought that was great. And then like you said, they they go and they they hit, you know, MJ and Ned weep with Peter a little bit, and then we he meets the other two Peters. Yeah. And he doesn't seem shocked by it at all. Yeah, he doesn't, but I kind of again, I kind of think like 
if you're a guy who's fought aliens in space mm-hmm. and been snapped out of existence and come back and then fought an armada of aliens and then fought villains from another universe that your wizard friend told you happened because a spell went awry. When you meet other versions of yourself, you're probably just like, whatever, <laughs> like this might as well happen. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's sort of how I took that. Like, but then we get the power responsibility line again. Yeah, yeah, and they have a little bonding moment. They have a little bonding moment, and then they go into super science bros. That's mode, right. Yeah, where they're a like science montage. Yeah, well, we can fix whatever. We can fix everything. That's a co- kind of a cool little scene, though. Like MJ even comments, she's like, "The three of you are like just working together to science it up, you know, or whatever." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah," because they all kind of have their different specialties a little bit, you know. Like it's. Like, Toby's like, I can figure out how to fix Norman. I've been thinking about it for a long time ever since he died, basically, you know? Like, is there a way that I could have reverse engineered this to fix him? Yeah. And then, you know, I like that, um, you know, Andrew Garfield's Peter is like, I fixed Dr. Connors, the lizard, once. I can do it again. I can recreate that serum. And then Peter, I thought was his was cool because he was like, well, I've got the, I, we already figured out how to fix electro, right? Like we built it once, like the Tony Stark tech help us and green goblin, like Dr. Osborne figured out once so I can recreate that. And then we had already started talking about Sandman. So I think I can fix him too. You know, like I thought it was cool. I thought it was like a cool little, cool little science thing, uh, moment. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get some of our deep cut, uh, discussions also right because they're they're talking about we get some like again bonding moments you know where it's like uh, i don't even remember what what toby said like who who died that toby said like his best friend right because he's talking about harry yeah and he's like my best friend died and then you know andrew's like gwen my mj died and they, they kind of say that's a Peter on the roof, but then they're talking more about it, you know, and we get some good comedy from uh, from Ned, from Jacob Batalon in this, where he's like, do you guys have a best friend? You know, and they're <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you know, he's like, mine became a, a supervillain and tried to kill me, you know, and and so then I love he he this is the deep cut where he says to Peter, like, I'll never become like Tom Holland's Peter. I'll never become a supervillain and try to kill you. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, well, he doesn't say it here. He says it later in the movie, but it it harkens back to this moment, you know, which is funny because in the comics, Ned actually becomes Hobgoblin and is a major villain for Spider-Man. So I don't know, man, if you've seen Jacob Batalon lately at all, he's lost a lot of weight and he's um, he's getting healthier. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see him become Hobgoblin at some point in the future. Yeah, which um, would be cool. I I like stuff like that, you know, and how tragic, because in this case, we've had three movies for these guys to really become close. Yeah. And so could be could be cool. But yeah, so so that leads us to kind of our final showdown. Right. So before we delve into the final showdown, though. Uh, was there anything else that any other parts that we haven't really covered that that really stuck out to you or jumped out as being kind of cool, crazy, fun? So there's a there's a scene in uh, in the lab where they're all talking and yeah, they mention that Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield mentioned that they have web slingers 
And right, right. <laughs> Tobey Maguire's character is unfamiliar with this concept because in his version of Spider-Man, he just has webs. He just, you know, his body just produces them. And then, yeah, he just shoots webbing out of his wrist. And they were both like blown away by this concept. And it, it leads into yeah. the, the final showdown. But there's a conversation that happens where uh, where they're all kind of bonding a little bit while they're waiting for the bad guys to show up. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Andrew Garfield's sitting on the ground and he's like, you know, I have to make my webs in a lab and your body just makes yours. <laughs> Toby Maguire's yeah. like, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. And, and uh, Tom Holland asked him, he's like, do they only come out of your wrist or do they <laughs> come right. out of anywhere else? <laughs> and I, right. I like, he's like, no, no, just out of my wrist, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. There's also a great, like, like, you know, I, whatever the ear equivalent of blinking, you'll miss it is in the final fight where Toby, when they're, when they're not used to fighting together mm-hmm. and Toby shoots some webbing and it hits Andrew Garfield in the face. And he kind of goes, he was wiping it off. He's like, oh, gross. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> like, it, it came out of his body. You know, he's like, Ugh. <laughs> right. Um, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I did like and, and it's I like even the setup for that was fairly natural. I like like I think it's like Ned or MJ one gives Tom a uh, Tom's Peter uh, a piece of uh, like a little capsule of web fluid. And he's like, thank you. And Toby's like, what is that? You know, and they say, he's like, it's my web fluid. And he's like, what? You know, like, he's kind of like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. And they're like, you know, for the web slingers. And that's when he's like, your body doesn't just make webbing. And they're like, wait, what? (laughs) You know, like, they're both kind of like, oh, hold on. And they don't believe him at first. They're like, no way. And then he just shoots a web out of his wrist. And they're both like, oh my God. (laughs) Like, you know. Right. It's great. Uh, I thought that was good. Yeah. I did like also during that scene, there was another little meta joke um, where Andrew Garfield is like, I'm lame. Like, oh, he's yeah. Fought aliens and yeah. and you make webbing. And and I love that Toby's like, no, you're amazing. You're yeah. amazing. And he just kept calling him amazing because his series is the amazing Spider-Man, right. you know, which I thought was funny. There was also during that interaction while they're waiting for the villains, they're stretching. Mm-hmm. And especially Toby, Toby's trying to stretch his back and, and they make a, they have a conversation about him having back problems, which is a huge meta joke. If you're into movies, because he almost got fired from the Spider-Man series because of his back problems in real life. Oh, really? Um, yeah. At, between, between Spider-Man two and Spider-Man three, he was having, or maybe even early on in Spider-Man three filming, he was having major back problems like Toby was. And he let the studio know he was like, like I'm having like my back hurts. I don't know if I can keep doing this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the studio, if I remember right, uh, the rumor is anyway, that Sony sort of thought it was a negotiation tactic. And so they actually had contacted Jake Gyllenhaal at that point and had him lined up to replace Tobey Maguire as, as Peter Parker. Oh, wow. And, um, and basically said, well, if you can't do it anymore, we'll find another actor. And then Tobey Maguire like went to rehab and stuff and was like, no, 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 I think I can do it. And they make a, a very subtle jab at it in the third Spider-Man movie where he falls off the building when his, when he can't stick anymore. And he hits a 
like a dumpster and then he gets up and he's like, Oh my back. <laughs> he's like walking away. And so the fact that they called back to that meta knowledge, if you know, if you know, movie history, you're like, that's funny, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, and, and it seems like at least Toby Maguire has been a, a pretty good sport about like, now nah, we'll make fun of my back problems. That's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, but I thought that was pretty funny that they did that. So that's why I was like, I was telling my family on the way home. I was like, yeah, like there were a ton of just meta jokes from like the Ned Leeds is a bad guy to, you know, the back issues and the amazing Spider-Man. I said, I kind of dug that. Like that's the that's the next level of fan servicey stuff to like real geek people, you know, right, Ge- yeah. geeks or like people who who maybe not geeks, but like think like, oh, his movies were called the amazing Spider-Man. That's why they keep saying you're amazing. You're amazing. You know what I mean? Like. It's just a, it's another level. Yeah, and of, that's uh, that's what I meant by earlier when I talked about fan servicey stuff in this. Yeah, yeah, big time. But yeah, so they so they go into this final fight, and and they just don't function well because they're all used to fighting solo, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. And I did like that they they give the the youngest kid. I kind of dug that that like the youngest Peter gets the opportunity to go. Listen, I've fought on a team before. We just have to like coordinate our attacks and call out things to each other. And you know what I mean? Like we can't just be, we can't just be fighting on our own and hope that this all goes well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was a cool kind of little interaction. Cause he's like, I mean, I don't want to brag, but I fought with the Avengers and they were all like, who? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I thought that was kind of funny where they're like, and uh, Andrew Garfield even said, he's like, are, is that like a band? Are you in a band? <laughs> <laughs> But so then, yeah, so then they start fighting together as a team and they do their thing and they're winning, they're winning. Um, <laughs> and it's at this point that we actually kind of, for the first time in the movie, get the original, uh, like fully, fully realized on screen, the human versions of the actors that Reese Ivins and, uh, and our Ivins and, um, Thomas Hayden church as, you know, Dr. Connors and Flint Marco. Uh, no, Flint Marco. What am I saying? No, what is his name? It's uh, Sandman. It's Flint Marco. Is it Flint Marco? Yeah. Okay. In my head, I said that, and then it was like, no, that name's not right. But uh, yeah, Flint Marco. So we get them kind of in their human versions. You know, mm-hmm. we've well, they've only been voicing these characters up until this point because they're all CGI, basically. Right. Right. But we get them because as they're cured, they kind of revert back to human, and. Uh, and we get to see them kind of, I mean, that's not much screen time at all for either of them. So I was, I was really kind of glad that they were willing to come back and do this for such a small kind of cameo role, right. you know? Well, I think it's going to be a pretty big movie, so it, it might pay off for them. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. Absolutely. So yeah. And then we, uh, you know, we get the, like I said, we get the, uh, where um, Green Goblin Green Goblin is nearly responsible for a death of another Spider-Man uh, associate because uh, Ned is unable to shut the shut the portal. Part of their plan was to toss the box back through a portal to him and MJ, and then he's going to shut the portal so that they can fight these guys at the Statue of Liberty and the box is safely away from all of them from destroying it, right? Right. And he can't shut the portal. They end up on the Statue of Liberty and Green Goblin's almost responsible for MJ's death again. And then like a lot of people theorized, we actually get Andrew Garfield's Peter kind of redeeming himself by diving off the statue and saving her. 
which you had predicted might happen. Yeah, and well, and I, I can't take credit for that. I saw that in a video and I was like, oh, that would be awesome. I could see them doing that, yeah. you know? And it, it did, it paid off. Uh, Peter, uh, Tom Holland, Peter, starts to save her, but then gets uh, gets blindsided by the guy, goblin glider and sort of taken down on the fallen Captain America shield, which is like got knocked off the statue, mm-hmm. right? And um, and it's at that point that he's ready to murder him. He's ready to stab him to death with the glider, and um, and then Toby comes in and and saves him, right? Basically stops him from from becoming a murderer. All right. Um, and it was at that point that he that Spider Man gets stabbed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Green Green Goblin stabs Toby. And, um, and that was when somebody who was a row in front of us, like leaned forward in his chair and put his hands up by his head, like, Oh my God. (laughs) And and he just sat there frozen for like a minute. And I was like, he can't even handle it. (laughs) It was cracking me up. Uh, I I um, wish I would have seen that. Yeah, it was great. But it's kind of cool because man, it's like, people are so invested in these characters. I love it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and so then, uh, you know, Doctor Strange comes back in this scene, and I love that he, they're like, he had a plan, it's working, and he's kind of like, well, I'll be damned, it is working. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy hell, you know? Yeah. It's good stuff, man. It was it was good stuff. So the, I, I dug all that. The, the whole fight scene, well choreographed, uh, just, just real top-notch. Real top-notch stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a little um, jarring at times. Especially when there was multiple Spider-Men. I mean, the only right, one that you could right. really tell apart was Tom Holland's. Because uh, his, yeah, the nanotech suit was v- drastically different. Yeah, like had the, it made the, the emblem gold, basically. Right. That was good, though. And then the movie kind of harkens back to the the universes are open, opening up. We get a lot of, like, silhouettes of potentially other Spider-Man villains coming through, you know? Now, has anybody isolated those and figured out, like... Who they were? I saw. I saw that the the only video I got to watch before we recorded today was a new Rockstars video, and it wasn't the like hefty breakdown. Mm-hmm. The only one, and I kind of noticed this one, is one of the silhouettes was like larger and seemed to have something on its head, and so I was like, "That's probably Rhino," you know, mm-hmm. like an actual version of the Rhino, not the one in the big Power Rangers mech suit, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, but I but I don't think at that point they hadn't isolated who the rest of them were. But I dug that, man. I dug the like, oh, there's other people coming through here, you know, like. Mm. And then this kind of made me sad. I will admit they uh, they figure out that. Uh, well, well, uh, the next part made me sad. So this is where Peter kind of tells Dr. Strange, like, what if we just did the original spell? Would it stop this, this rift from happening and bringing other people here? You know, that was kind of heart wrenching too. Cause he's like the way, the way they worded the, the, um, the dialogue I love. Cause he's like, everybody who's ever known and loved you will all forget about you. You know, and I was like, oh, like he cares about him, you know, like, like it wasn't they'll all forget about you. It was Will. He was including himself in the people who know Peter and, and care for Peter. Right. You know, and I, I that was that was good. I dug that. And yeah, I think this is the part. Was it this part where where Ned was like, I'll never become a villain and try to murder you? No, <laughs> that happened back in the lab. 
did that happen yeah. in the lab? I couldn't remember if it was lab or here because he does tell them that they're that they're going to forget him, you know. Mm-hmm. And man, it's heart wrenching. It's like he's a guy who's completely alone now, yeah. you know. He has nobody, and uh, yeah, man, that really that's a bummer. It is, and there's some things at the end too where you can see because the whole world has forgotten who Peter Parker is. So. You know, MJ and Ned are both accepted into MIT because they're no longer associated with Spider-Man. You see at one point when he's moving into his new apartment, because he doesn't have any money, he's 17 years old, he puts a box down and takes the lid off and it's got a GED study guide in it. Because you realize like, oh, like he can't even go back and finish high school because nobody knows who he is. Yeah. You know? And so... I was like, especially for a kid that's so brilliant, you know, like he's, I mean, obviously he's like, I'll do whatever I need to do. So I'm going to get my GED and work, you know, it was heartbreaking, but at the same time, I liked it because it put him in the place that Spider-Man from the comics is in, you know, Mm -hmm. he's this brilliant kid. Who's always kind of poor, you know, in some versions and some storylines, he becomes like really wealthy and runs a company and stuff. But, you know, to start out, like, he realizes like helping people is more important than me using my genius to become a billionaire, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it puts him in that, that spot, which I love for the character, but at the same time, it's heartbreaking to see him meet these characters. Like he goes in to buy coffee from MJ, you know, and he has written up what he's going to say to her. And then he doesn't have the heart to go through with it. But it was funny. Cause I said to my family on the way home, I go, that part, that part was a little jarring too, because even even if somebody walked in and goes, "I'm Peter Parker, and can I buy a coffee?" If you're her, now I know she looks like Zendaya, right? So right. she's probably got options. But at <laughs> the same time, you got to be standing there with the way he was looking at her. She's like, "Anything else?" Like you got to kind of be like. Even though I don't know who you are at all and I have no history with you, you still look like Tom Holland and you're staring at me like you love me. Do you want to go on a date? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's a handsome fella. Right. And, and again, I know she's a, a beautiful woman, so she has options. But still, you know, like you think she'd be like, "What? why are you staring at me like that? You know, like, I, yeah, I liked that. And the part that was a little heartbreaking for me as a fan was they do end up retur- fixing all these quote unquote fixing all these villains and then returning them to their worlds, and that made me a little sad because I was hoping that they would all stay in the MCU. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I I wanted a Norman, I wanted Willem Dafoe to be the MCU's Norman Osborn. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted Jamie Foxx to be the MCU's Electro and and Sandman and the Lizard and you know. Um, Doc Ock and um, I even like the idea that Doc Ock even though he's reformed maybe he's not crazy but at a certain point it's like nobody will fund fund anything and he's like I gotta start robbing banks again you know like that I would have been into yeah but they all just go back and I was like oh okay <laughs> you know well I kind, of, I kind of figured that would happen I was prepared for that yeah I mean me too really I, I it makes me sad but I kind of expected it you know I expected it to be a one and done but man, I would have loved, I mean, and you kind of, you kind of figured that if nothing else for like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, they're just getting older, you know? Yeah. It's like, I can't continue to be a comic book supervillain until I'm 80. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't work, you know? 
Yeah, man. I, uh, but yeah, I dug it and, uh, and, and great ending. Like I said, lots of, lots of reveals and craziness, but solidly put together, man. John Watts. I'm excited, dude. Cause he wrote and directed the, the three Spider-Man movies so far, and he's teed up to take on the fantastic four next. Oh yeah. So yeah, for Marvel. So I'm, I'm pumped, man. I think the guy knows what he's doing. It he knows like how it. to write a story with some heart and some humor. And so I'm excited, dude. I'm real excited. So yeah, man, anything else from the movie proper that you can think of before we get into like, uh, tag scenes and stuff. The very end of the movie, Peter's basically by himself and, um, you know, he doesn't have all of the tech that he used to have before. I imagine he's probably still got the nano suit. Um, yeah, I don't know though, because he makes his own suit at he the end. He does make his own suit. That was that's what I was getting to. And it's it sort of resembles like a combination of of uh the other two Spider-Man suits, you know? Yeah. Just slightly yeah. brighter Which, blue, a little more right. like, iridescent to it. Um, right. Which I loved. I was like, okay. You know, like, yeah, like it's it's back to a combo. It's like homage to the other two, what yeah. came before, but yeah, it was it was good. Um, also speaking, speaking of Hawkeye in that last scene, he's in New York and it's snowing and and we see him swinging, it's Christmas time and he's swinging across the, you know, the big Christmas tree and stuff. And, um, and earlier in the movie, we see some of the billboards for Rogers, the musical in the background. Oh, did we? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that opening scene, especially when he's swinging around with MJ, some of the billboards in the background are for Rogers, the musical. Oh, that's funny. And so I was like. Oh my God. Like I'm wondering now if they're not going to just have him not, not cameo, but just in one scene, you're going to see him swing overhead in the Hawkeye season finale. That would be cool. That would be awesome. I'd be into it so much. I'd be like, Oh my God, they're all connected. (laughs) You know, I I was wondering that as I watched that last scene, because I was like, this looks like it's straight out of the Hawkeye TV show. And he's swinging around, though, you know, yeah. and running across rooftops and stuff. But the other the other kind of um, uh, meta joke that they made is I did like when. So so one of the other things I will say is in the tag scene and even in the movie proper, their theory that everybody who knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man is being drawn to our universe is a little flawed because at the end we see that. Jamie Foxx's Electro sees Peter unmasked for mm-hmm. the first time. And he's he it's a meta joke, but he says, oh, man, like you live in Queens, you help people who need it. I kind of was hoping you was black, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I'm sure there's a black Spider-Man out there somewhere, which is a meta nod to Miles Morales, obviously. Right. You know? But I was like, wait a second. If you didn't know, that means you didn't probably didn't know he, Peter Parker was Spider-Man. So why did you get sucked into this universe? Yep. And then we that happens in the tag scene also. It's a little bit unexplained. But yeah, I, I don't know. I was, uh, I, I like this, man. I mean, there it had, it's not a perfect movie. It's not perfect. You know, it's but got it's, a couple flaws. It's got a couple little flaws, but it's, man, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it's, a lot of fun. It's, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I do think yeah. that, that, that being... I think I think the audience experience being with all the people who were really into it did help with that some. Right. You know, we talk about that a lot where, you know, nine times out of ten when I'm watching these movies or television shows or anything, I'm watching them by myself. 
Right. Right. You know, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to really kind of get into things or really kind of feel the energy of, of the movie if I'm if it's just me, you know. Right. Right. And it's hard to not be excited when you have a room full of people watching it with you that exactly. are like cheering and applauding and everything. Yeah. You're kind of you get sucked up into the into the whimsy of it all, mm-hmm. you know. I, I I enjoy it, man. I mean, I love going to the theater. I'm glad that I'm ho- hoping that, you know, uh, o- Omicron or, or Zeta or Contessa Fontina doesn't whatever the next v- variant is, doesn't uh, doesn't shut theaters down again because yeah. I'm enjoying being able to go back to theaters and, and spend time with, you know, uh, Kith and Kin as well as Strangers. To um, to experience <laughs> this this wonderment on screen, yeah. So, do you want to talk tag scenes briefly? Sure. Yeah, get into that tag scene that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So the first tag scene is that we see Eddie Brock sitting in Mexico, and he's having a discussion with a bartender and about the MCU, about the aliens and the you know the Hulk and uh, and all of that. And he, he's trying to wrap his head around it all. Mm-hmm. But again, if if he's if it's only people that know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, it doesn't really make sense that he got pulled to our to the MCU world. Right. You know, now you haven't seen the newest Venom movie, have you? No, I haven't. OK, I've held off telling you this because it is a, it is a spoiler, That's fine. but in the, but, but it spoils this same thing. Um, in the tag scene for that movie, Eddie is lying in bed in a little ramshackle like hut in Mexico after the, the events of that movie play out and Venom and him are having a discussion and he asks Venom something about his his kind or whatever. And Venom says, if I were to try to explain to you the workings of a multiversal hive mind, it would fry your brain. And he goes, but here goes or something like that. And then there's a flash and the room around him changes. And he's in a very nice Mexican resort. And then you see the end of Spider-Man far from home playing out on the television in the room. With, you know, uh, uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. And then Venom, he sort of like changes into Venom and he, he goes up then and looks at the screen and then Venom says something about like, like that's interesting or something. And it licks the Spider-Man that's on the screen. Again, it doesn't make sense because he got pulled into the the MCU universe prior to knowing Mm Spider-Man, but he seems intrigued by Spider-Man. But the line that everybody keeps pointing back to is that the Venom symbiote in that tag scene of that movie tells him we're a multiversal hive mine or or a multi-universal hive mine or something like that. And so they're, they kind of thought like, so does the the symbiote from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3, Topher Grace's symbiote, does it have a share a hive mind with the current Tom Hardy venom symbiote. And so it sort of knows of Spider-Man, but not really, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
Anyway, but we see that happen. And so then I was like, awesome. Venom is here. But then again, he gets zapped back to his universe at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. at the end of the tag scene. Um, but he leaves a little bit of goo behind. One of the things I saw, one of the videos I saw online was, I think it was new rock stars. They were like, we learned that we learned that Eddie Brock doesn't properly wipe after himself. <laughs> And I was like, that's funny shit. But um, they leave a little bit of goo and it starts to move. Makes me a little sad because I like the idea of Tom. I like Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. I think he's pretty good at it. I don't always like the writing in those movies a ton, Mm -hmm. but I like him as Eddie Brock. So it made me sad that he may not be Venom in the MCU because I was like, when at the end of that movie of Venom 2, I was like, oh my God, they're bringing him to the MCU. Yes. You know? And now it seems like it might not be the case. Right. So I don't know. But that does lend us the possibility of that that symbiote getting on Peter and him getting the black suit for a while, yeah. you know, which would explain it being more Spider-Man like once it gets on to Eddie. So um, I don't know. Um, the other thing that this throws into a little bit more confusion for me, the way this is done with them going back at the end of the movie is so what's up with Morbius? Cause the Morbius trailers continue to show that Michael Keaton's Adrian tombs, the vulture is in that seems to be sharing that universe. So I'm like, so is Morbius just in the MCU or is it not, you know? Yeah. And if not, is it going to be some tag scene of that where we see him get blasted away and we realize this happened in the MCU, but now it's not, or, you know, it just, I feel like leaving all of them in that same universe at the end of the movie would have made more sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I can't disagree yeah. with you there. Yeah. I, I so. figured, I figured they were going to go back, but yeah, I, I think it would have made more sense because there's more potential for the movies. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and then above and beyond that, the second tag scene, the after after credit scene, we get a first look at Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Yeah, we do. It was, uh, it was definitely a teaser cause it's a little all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's a little jerky, but we definitely see him fighting what appears to be, what is it? Shubba Gorath or whatever. The, uh-huh. the big tentacle thing with the eye. We see him fighting that. We get a quick look at Shuma Gorath is what it's called. Yeah. But we see him getting, we get a quick, quick view of, uh, of America Chavez, who's in that movie. Um, you know, we see him interacting with Wanda and Wanda's sort of slightly altered new look. We see a, a bad version of Dr. Strange, which may or may not be strange, uh, Dr. Strange Supreme or whatever they called him in the what if series. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah. So definitely seemed like an evil strange. He does, yeah, which, I mean, <laughs> is is a name for, like, let this be, if you're a young man out there, don't go searching for Evil Strange. You want, <laughs> because they're a lot of fun at first, but you're going to end up with slash tires and a dead family pet. <laughs> like, you don't want Evil Strange. You want, or if you do, make it strange that can't trace your you back to where you live or anything, you know? <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, this looks crazy, man. This looks like a great Dr. Strange movie. Looks crazy. Looks insane. Um, still not clear who the villain's going to be, if it's bad, strange or not. We do know that the original director left 
because of creative differences. And I think honestly, so that was Scott Derrickson, right? He left because of creative differences. He said, and he said it was very, it was a very, uh, civil parting of ways, but I think that that's because him and Marvel, he wanted, he's a horror director by trade. And I think he wanted Dr. Strange two to go really dark and Marvel was like, well, we're doing the multiverse now, so it's not going to be as dark, you know, is, is what I uh, what I imagine happening and him going, well, that doesn't really interest me then, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, man, but I am excited for it. I, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's it. There's a ton of trivia for this movie already. I'm not going to really get into it um, just because we're running so long talking about this because we liked so much about it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, if you if you don't mind spoilers and stuff, go out to IMDb and look at the trivia. There's a lot of fun little uh, tidbits here and there. Uh, The one I will saw that I thought was kind of interesting is that Willem Dafoe agreed to come back only if he could do the majority of his own stunts like he did in the first Spider-Man movie he was in. Really? And I, yeah, so I'm like, dude, good on that guy, man. He is, he is keeping it tight, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, so anyway, but yeah, that's, that's it, man. I'm into this movie. Go see it. Um, I can't wait to watch it again at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Great film. Any, any parting thoughts from you, Zach? I, I feel like I've sort of monopolized the end of this conversation. No, especially. you're good. You're good. Um, no, it was, it was better. To, it was better than I expected. I'll put it like that. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, you were you were super excited about it. I was sort of lukewarm on it, and <laughs> uh, and it turned out to be pretty nice. Good. Nice. I was going to say you were going in sort of with a Michelle Jones attitude, like if I expect disappointment, then I'm never really disappointed. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. No, so I, I'm I'm into it though, man. So yeah, check it out if you have somehow made it here and haven't. Uh, you probably won't enjoy all the surprises quite as much, but. Um, But yeah, definitely a good flick. Yep. Right on. All right, man. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right, later. Greeting the Nerd was recorded and produced by Zach Boyd and Tim Witham in Dayton, Ohio. If you liked our show, subscribe, rate, share, and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms. For questions, comments, or ideas, drop us an email at gradingthenerdpodcast at gmail.com. As always, Anchor members can send us a voicemail. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find all of his credits and links in our show notes. Come back for more, and we'll see you next time on Grading the Nerd.